0: Hello and welcome to All About Smartphones brought to you by Ayers Alley, the audio internet reading service of Los Angeles. Today we have a really fantastic program and we're going to be talking about the new Apple Watch. And to talk about this with us here, we have Mr. Julian Vargas. Hi, Julian. Welcome hey, to the how's show. How's it going, Dr. Bill? Yes, and I am just so excited to hear what you have to say about this iWatch, oh, iPhone yes. Watch, and and or I guess it's called actually the Apple Watch. Is yes. that correct term? I think
1: Apple's moving away from the i uh, everything and slowly but surely now all their newer things are introducing now are Apple things. Oh. So Apple, it started with the Apple Pay. Now you've got Apple Watch, uh, you, you're soon going to have Apple Music at the end of oh. this month here on the 30th. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think moving forward, that seems to be the theme with Apple, is they're rebranding everything to Apple. Sometime? Well,
0: you know, I want to ask you about what your thoughts are about this Apple Watch because I am an owner of the iPhone, and I listen to these commercials about the Apple Watch, but I am still not certain what would that watch actually do for me. In other words, I realize that I still will have to carry my phone with me wherever I go. Is that correct? Yes. And so if I'm carrying my phone, why wouldn't I just touch and interact with my phone? Why do I want the watch? Tell me why. So here's the thing. Th- this is a new
1: category, relatively new compared to other things that are out there now, wearables. The The whole idea is that uh, you're, you're wearing your technology. In this case, uh, the watch is one of the most personal things that we wear. So... Uh, you know, android uh, there have been Android Wear watches out for some time. So uh, Apple was certainly not the first kid on the block to do this, but everybody knew that sooner or later Apple was going to come out with it. It was announced last year. So uh, true to form, they did come out with this Apple Watch. And here's what I'm going to say about it: It's still a new category. It's kind of like—I uh, mean, if you if you stop and think about it, you know, before the iPhone, uh, how many of us knew about smartphones? And how many of us, even those of us who knew about smartphones, how many of us knew how deeply they were going to become, as, as, how much of a big part of our life they were going to become is what I want to say. Nobody really understood till the iPhone came out and Apple showed us just how much uh, we would need these devices with us. So it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you know, think about before Facebook, before all this stuff that we now use every day, and is such a big part of our lives. Nobody ever knew. And I think the wearables, in a sense, is kind of at that stage where it's kind of new, and we're all, us, the consumers, as well as the manufacturers, we're all kind of feeling around, trying to figure out how this is going to work, how this is going to play prominently into our lives. So I would say right off the bat, the Apple Watch is not a must-have thing. It's, it's not something that you have to go out and get. It's something that's fun to have. If you're a gadget fiend like I am, <laughs> uh, you want to go out there and play with these new gadgets. And if you have the ability and the money to do so, then, then you go out and buy it and you learn about it. And at the same time, you help to teach other people about it and make them aware of it. So, it's not something that you have to run out and get. If you can't get it right now, don't feel bad like you're missing out on something uh, earth-changing because at this point, it's still in its early stages and I think it's got a long way to go uh before it becomes if it's going to become something that features or, or is featured prominently in our lives. So, uh having said that, uh here's how I went into the thinking with the Apple Watch. I didn't went, I didn't go into buying one with the highest of expectations. I didn't expect it to be a replacement for my iPhone. I bought it more or less thinking that it was going to be a device that allowed me to more easily and remotely interact with my device in instances where it wasn't always easy or convenient to grab my phone and, and interact with it. Uh, Case in point, uh, on a crowded bus or train or something like that. It's not always easy to reach into your bag or your pocket and grab your phone. Sometimes, depending on the environment that you're around, it may not always be the safest or smartest thing to do either. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of nice to be able to, if I get a notification, I I wear Bluetooth earpiece as well, so everything comes through my ear. So if I want to read my email, it's kind of neat to just be able to tap my wrist and with a few little gestures open up the email app and read what came in during email to kind of pass some time during a long ride. So that that's one thing that I kind of expected of it. The other thing that I w- expected of it is is that it was more or less an updated talking watch. Uh, I've worn a talking watch for most of my life, and it's handy and convenient, but most talking watches, what they do is tell you the time. Uh, a lot of them will tell you the date, and uh, a few will let you do some other fancy things, but... Uh, but that's about it, you know. That there's not a whole lot that you can do with a talking watch, and I kind of envisioned that. Hey, this is an updated talking watch that, because it can connect to my phone, now can allow me to do some other things that perhaps I've never been used to doing with a watch. So, that's where it features. But that's that's where it is for me. The other thing is I been looking for a while for a discreet way of checking the time without
0: announcing to the whole world around me gone (laughs) it's 12 (laughs) (laughs) p.m i know exactly to me because there's times that i'm in a meeting or a board meeting and i'm wondering are we almost finished but that talking watch is so loud and also when i use my iphone and it tells me what time it is it's too loud
1: yeah and have you been to an NFB or ACB convention or something like that at the top of the hour? <laughs> it's hilarious. So I I wanted something like that, and I had looked at some Braille watches. But, you know, the, the one thing with Braille watches is even with those, you can hear the lid popping on and, and off.
0: Yes, So you can.
1: if I'm working with a client, for example, and I want to keep track of the time to, to m- make sure that uh, we finish our lesson in time, Uh, I didn't want to necessarily do that, and even though the client may be totally blind, they're still going to hear me fidgeting with a little lid to a Braille watch and feeling it. I wanted something a little bit more discreet and a little just more updated and easy. I had looked at something called the Bradley watch. I don't know if you've heard of that.
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's a tactile watch. It's sort of like a modern-day Braille watch almost, if you will. It was invented by a uh, a war veteran. He came back from uh, either Iraq or Afghanistan. I forget which one. And he came back blinded, and he wanted a tactile way of telling the time. So he invented this watch and went on Kickstarter and got money, and eventually got it created. And now it, it's it's sold through the National Braille Press and some other outfits. And instead of being hands that uh, that go around this uh, the watch like a like the traditional braille or a regular watch, too. It has two ball bearings: one that goes along the outer edge of the watch, and one that goes the inner edge of the watch. And one lines up with the hour, one lines up with minutes, and it's guided by magnets. So it's really neat. It's all open face, so there's no lid to pop on and off. So that's why that was looking very attractive to me. But it was uh, almost three hundred dollars for that watch. Oh. And I was at the Sun conference, and I was this close to buying one. And then I got to thinking about it. It's like, you know, the Apple Watch is going to come out not too long for now. Maybe I might want to wait to see how that how that plays out. And I'm glad that I did because, uh, because I do everything through a Bluetooth earpiece. My watch is able to connect to that earpiece as well. So now when I tap the screen of my watch, the time is announced, but not to the whole world, but rather in my earpiece oh, where nobody okay.
0: but me hears it. Let me ask you a question about that. And is that basically tapping the very center of the screen on your watch or is there a specific region that you have to tap pretty much anywhere on the screen but i usually do aim for the center
1: uh, as i do even with the iphone i if i want to put focus on a screen I, I will typically start by tapping the center and then i'll explore around so in this case of the watch i just simply put my finger on the screen and just one little tap
0: 3:37
1: p.m in 42 seconds There you go. So that's That's a pretty precise reading of time. Because there's several watch faces that you can put on there. Uh, This was the analog watch face, which, from what I've been told, it looks just like a regular watch with with the hands going all the way around. The neat thing about this watch face, though, is that it has something on each corner, and Apple calls it a complication. Now, when I first came across this, I thought, the coders must have messed up and voiceover is reading something that I don't think the public was meant to hear. Because it's like, why would they call something a complication? Yeah. Complication to me has a negative it's, connotation. It's, yeah. But to me, but I've, I've come to find out that that is what it's called officially in the literature. It's called a complication. So, uh, you could think of them as widgets. If you're familiar with what a widget is, a, a widget is something that uh, is a, would be on a smartphone screen. And, it's constantly being refreshed, so some people might have a weather widget on their phone that they can glance at it and see what the current temperature is where they are without having to actually open an app. So these complications are like little widgets. They sit on all four corners of the phone, and you can customize these. There's choices you can put there for, for what you want each uh, complication to read to you. So on mine, I'll uh, go over these. Let me open PM this. Okay. On the upper left-hand corner, I have it set to give me the local temperature.
0: Ninety three degrees.
1: So there you go. Then tap by, t- to by, open weather. by touching the upper left hand corner of the screen it gives me the temperature. If I touch the upper right hand corner.
0: Eighty-four percent battery power.
1: Dim. So my battery's at eighty four percent. The lower left hand corner is my activity monitor. Moving, twenty-six percent. Exercising, zero percent, standing. 67%. So as you can see, I've got a lot of exercising to do activity. to make my watch happy today. <laughs> but uh, it's, this is a feature you can turn on, and it, it counts these things and gives you reports throughout the day, and also uh, nudges you and says that every hour, stand for a minute. <laughs> and then at the lower right-hand corner is my calendar. Oops, my screen went to sleep. Let's wake it up again. 339 p.m. 339 Next event. None. So I've got nothing else set uh, for the calendar today. This is uh, the last thing I'm doing today. So there you have it. And you can change those. You can have it be different things. I don't recall what the list is exactly, but there's
0: quite a a lengthy list of things that you can put on each of those corners. Let me ask you a question about that. That activity was very interesting to me. So it basically is going to record how much you have moved or how much you were standing for the entire day?
1: Yes, it, it resets at midnight. And
0: by the way, in case
1: some people are going to get worried about this, this is something I opted into. This was not on by default. So don't worry that you're going to get the Apple Watch and now it's going to nag you more than your your husband or wife or <laughs> your coworkers or whoever will does already. Uh, you opt into this. And the watch, because it has things like an accelerometer, which measures motion, it has a... Um, it, it can it, it detects your heart rate things like that that 's how it knows your exercise when your heart rate goes up. it can read all that so um, it can detect things like how how much you 've been standing how much you 've been moving, and how much you 've been exercising and it just gives you these little reports throughout the day telling you where you are as far as your goals. You also tell it when you 're setting it up uh, what type of uh, uh, how 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 you are with your activity? Are you somebody who's very active, moderately active, those kinds of things? And there's a calorie count attached to it, so uh, you can decide which one fits you best. And when you set yourself up with that one, its goals are based on reaching that amount of calories burned for for a 12-hour period, or well, for is, a 24-hour period, I should say.
0: That's very good. And what I could tell already, if I had that particular watch. It would be faster for me to do all the things that I I do with a phone because with the complications, I have those four items there and the time right in the middle, and I don't have to go through any other types of menus or anything like that. Right. You know, Julian, I wanted to ask a, a question about that, though. Does the watch? Does the Apple Watch automatically lock in the same way that my iPhone does? If I don't do anything with my iPhone, it'll say screen locked, and then yes. I have to unlock the screen. Uh, is this the same thing with the Apple Watch?
1: Yes, but even faster. It is. Uh, you'll notice it, it. It didn't take much time at all to lock when I was just uh, touching it a few seconds earlier. It has to do that because the battery in the Apple Watch is a lot smaller. The Apple Watch is something you have to be prepared to charge every night. Okay. At least right now, the way that it that it works, I charge it every single night so that I make sure I have 100% uh, charge throughout the day. Because unlike an iPhone, you're probably not going to take it off your wrist to put it on a charger. You wear your watch all day long. So you have to be uh, a little careful with the battery. So this is why it will do that. It will lock the screen very fast because the screen is by far the thing that eats the most battery on any of these devices. Even And I've done things like I've dimmed the screen all the way down to zero since I'm not visually looking at it, along with turning on the screen curtain for privacy. So right now the the face of my watch is completely black. There's nothing on it that can, that's visible to the eye. But I also because I keep the screen low, that's helping to save the battery as well.
0: Now, as far as when you are going to unlock your Apple Watch... Is there a specific area that's very difficult to find that you have to touch to unlock your phone? The watch, no. You just tap
1: the center of the screen, and that wakes it up. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you can enable a passcode lock, which is something I recommend doing and I've done myself. So that, uh, And then also I turned on something called wrist detection. So the sensor in the back of the watch senses that it's against my wrist. And as long as it's against my wrist and I've unlocked the watch... It keeps it. Uh, in other words, I wake up the screen, but I don't have to type in any passcode or do anything fancy to to go any further with it. Um, in the morning, when I put the watch on, uh, then what I do is I grab my iPhone and I unlock it with my fingerprint, the way that I do, and that automatically sends a signal to the watch that says, "Okay, it's him." <laughs> unlock the watch as well. And again, as long as I
0: don't take it off my wrist, that's the way it will always work throughout the day. That is great. So you're not trying to type in your passcode on the small screen of no, the watch. No, you don't have to. You can do it if you choose to, but you don't have to. Hey, now, Julian, the other thing that I noticed is that the speech is actually very clear and it's very quick and and very, very powerful. But I noticed that you also said that you use a Bluetooth. So how is it that you would be able to turn off the speech from your watch so that you only hear it in the Bluetooth. Is that a multi-step process that maybe might make me not want to use the watch? Absolutely not. It's, It's the same way it works on your phone. When you turn
1: on a Bluetooth earpiece that connects with your phone, as soon as it makes a connection, all the audio that comes out of the phone gets routed to your earpiece, including that of voiceover. The watch is no exception. The watch comes with voiceover, as all Apple products do nowadays. So, it's really easy to, to enable it. And I should, we should talk about that too, setting up the Apple Watch. Because, uh, it, I set it up myself. I did not need sighted assistance. But, uh, to, to, to finish with your question, it's, it, the watch is the same thing. You pair it with your Bluetooth earpiece. Uh, I recommend getting a Bluetooth earpiece that, that supports being paired with more than one device. Meaning that it, re- it, it's friends with at least two devices. So that as soon as that device calls to it or it calls to the device, uh, they recognize each other. It's like a handshake thing and and they start working with each other. So my headset uh, will do that. So the way I've got it set up is it's, it's listening for either one to speak. So if I open my phone, the audio of my phone comes through the earpiece. If I tap the watch, the audio of the watch comes through the earpiece. So uh, it's it's oh. very simple, and once you've you, once you've set the Bluetooth pairing, it's not something you have to think about again. It's a set it and forget it kind of thing. What is the Bluetooth that you're using? I like the Plantronics Voyager Edge. It's currently, I believe, their top of the line Bluetooth earpiece, uh, single earpiece, and it just works very well. I think it sells for about $99 on Amazon, and sometimes they might have sales, so it could be less by the time you hear this. So that's
0: the one that I'm currently using and recommend to people. And you also are very pleased that when you are speaking to your Bluetooth, for example, trying to tell your phone to make a phone call or to text somebody, does it recognize your voice and speech real well? Yes, although I'm not one who uses uh, voice dialing
1: a whole lot. I I prefer to uh, use my fingers on the screen. I find it to be a lot more reliable, especially in noisy environments. But yes, uh, the Bluetooth will carry the audio to
0: Siri or to uh, any dictating uh, app that you're using. So if you have your Bluetooth on, and if you were to take your iPhone and bring it to your mouth as you're trying to dictate a telephone number to dial... Is is the phone actually using the microphone on the phone or just strictly the microphone from the Bluetooth?
1: No, at that point, it's a Bluetooth microphone. Okay. Just like when you plug in the earbuds that came with your phone, as soon as that's plugged in, the microphone that's on the phone itself is deactivated,
0: and the one that's in the inline cord is the one that's active. How about in a situation, Julian? Let's say, for example, I know that you do a lot of presentations and lectures, And let's say that you were lecturing, but you knew that you might be receiving an important text message from a colleague who was going to be able to tell you whether or not they're going to pick you up. If a text message comes in, and you have your Bluetooth on, and you have your Apple Watch on, and that text message comes in, are you able to hear that through your Bluetooth very easily? Yes, it all comes through the Bluetooth, so the watch at
1: that point doesn't play any loud alerts or anything like that everything comes through the bluetooth earpiece which is really nice so at that point i can simply as i'm talking just tap my wrist uh find where on this because usually when a notification like that comes in it puts it on the screen of the apple watch i can tap it and flick around to what i need to do to uh,
0: get the body of that message and now i've just gotten the information that i needed and again, it's it's less conspicuous. So, you know, as you're basically maybe touching or rubbing your watch, it really is not as noticeable as compared if you're pulling your phone out. Right. How about in the same situation? Uh, if you were to receive a phone call and somebody leaves you a voice message, does it ever leave you a signal that you got a voice message and would you be able to activate and retrieve a a voice mail message easily too yes
1: i get the notification and i can go in there for those i tend to pick up the phone to to mess with because again it's a bigger screen so it gives me more flexibility there's only so much i can fit onto a little apple watch screen so i use it more as a way to get the notifications and not so much to interact with them in terms of responding
0: and things like that now, what other types of things can you do? I know that you could change the complications, but what other other things can you do with the watch? Uh, well, apps that have been
1: made compatible with the watch uh, can do some interesting things. Like, for example, Uber. If you're hooked up with Uber, uh, you can request a an Uber vehicle from your watch. Now, I don't like doing this because on that one, it's just a request button. Uh, on the app, of course, I can tell it where I'm starting and where I'm going and get fair estimates and all that. So uh, I personally don't care so much for that. But, hey, look, if I was in a place and I needed to get out of there in a hurry and I didn't want to be messing with my phone too much and it's just a matter yes. of I need to get out now, it's nice to know that I can, uh, from my watch, bring up the Uber app, hit the button to, to request, and now at least I know i got a car coming to where I am, and I'll worry about it later. So. I can pretend I'm like uh, Michael
0: Knight calling uh, Kit the Knight Rider. (laughs) You know, a question related to Uber also. When you have called for a Uber car to pick you up, and that Uber car arrives at that destination, do they generally call you or contact you on your phone? They
1: do, and you know, if you like, we could probably do a whole segment just on Uber. And, okay. and ride-sharing
0: apps. That, that could certainly be a, a, a podcast that we do for the future. So if they did happen to call you, and then you can then uh, receive notification right there on the watch without necessarily having to pull out your phone and wait for that particular call. Right. And what's neat is uh, you can also answer calls on the watch
1: itself. So oh. if I don't have my Bluetooth earpiece on, and let's say the iPhone's in the living room and I'm doing something in the kitchen... And I get a call, and I know this is somebody, because you don't want to have a prolonged conversation on the watch it. It's not that great (laughs) for listening. I'm told that the audio that comes out is great. The person on the other end says it sounds wonderful. But to me, it's a tiny little speaker, so it's not the best for hearing voices for a prolonged amount of time. But for a short conversation, I answer the phone and say, Hey, uh, I'm in the middle of something. Can I call you back in 10 minutes? Okay, great. Uh, it works wonderful for that. So I don't have to go to the other room and find the phone and pick it up and answer it.
0: Now I can just tap my wrist and answer the call. That's great. You know, because that really is a problem. When I'm at home, Julian, I don't like to keep my iPhone in my pocket, but there's times I could hear that phone ringing. I got a call and I said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it in time to get that phone. But if you have the watch You would be able to retrieve that call. And you'd be able to hear who's calling by
1: tapping the screen. VoiceOver reads the information aloud like it does on your phone. So you'd be able to find out and maybe you might even decide, hey, is it worth running into the other room and trying to reach that phone? (laughs) Or is this a call that I can just let it go to voicemail and call them back in 10 minutes? Yeah,
0: that that is great. Now, I know uh, that you mentioned uh, when we were talking before the recording tonight that there are different versions of the watch. Can you tell me what are the different versions, and which one did you purchase? Okay, so there's three basic levels of this watch. And
1: by the way, I should point out that feature-wise, they are identical. So whether you get the the lowest-priced entry model or the highest-price-all-blinged-out version... Uh, They all do the same exact thing So you're not getting any extra features By paying more The only thing you get by paying more is look So I I wanted to get that out of the way Uh So the first level, the entry level is called the Sport And the Sport Has a rubberized Type of band that goes around it So it's not very fancy And I think you can get it in different colors So of course mine, I like black So that's what I go with And that one Mm -hmm. Uh comes in, well, the watch comes in two different sizes. And these sizes refer to the screen on the watch. So there's a 38mm and a 42mm. I went with the 42 because I figure I have bigger fingers. It might be handy to have a little bit bigger screen. And I'm glad that I did because, uh, as it turns out, it just fits nicely on my wrist. And I'm very happy with it. And I don't know that I would have liked it if it was a smaller screen than that. So for the Sport... 38 millimeter, entry level one, it's $350 plus tax. So basically 349, I say 350, I always round up like that. So 350 plus tax buys you the entry level, the sport version. And of course, if you want the 42 millimeter, it's $50 more, so
0: it's $399 or $400. Well, you know, the price of that, it's actually very, very you know, uh, competitive. If you were talking about the Bradley watch, that was almost $300. Well, exactly. That was my thinking at the time. It's like, you know, for,
1: for another $100 more, roughly, I, can, I could get the Apple watch, and I had a feeling that it would be something that I w- would regret if I had not
0: done it that way. You know, one thing that I I also wonder, I I really like the fact that it is a uh, a rubber type of a band, but what happens if you're at the bathroom, you know, and you get some water on this screen? Is that going to just kill the kill the Apple Watch? That
1: shouldn't hurt it. It's water resistant. Now that's important. It's that doesn't mean waterproof. Because a lot of times people hear water-resistant and think, oh, that means I can dunk it in a glass of water or let it fall in the toilet and it's going to work or take it it in the shower or go go swimming with it. No, uh, water-resistant does not protect against that. Water-resistant is so that if you're washing your hand in the sink and it splashes or if you're out in the rain and and you get caught and and your watch gets a little wet, uh, it's meant to resist that, but it's not meant to be dunked in uh, full-on dunked in water. So
0: uh, it's important to understand that, that um... you know. And what about the appearance of it? Is this something that is so um, different looking, or is it very gaudy to the point that people say, "Hey, he's got an eye apple. He's got an Apple Watch. I'm going to steal it from him. He's blind. He's using a cane. He won't see me coming up. I'm just going to pull it right off of his wrist."
1: Well, uh, it's funny. I, you you went somewhere totally I didn't expect you to go with that question. <laughs> I thought you were f- <laughs> going to focus totally on looks, and I was going to say, "Hey, you're asking a geek. That's a subjective thing about <laughs> how it looks and whether it's elegant or not." I mean, obviously, look it's it's not a uh, it's not a Timex. It's not a it's it's not some Swiss watch or something like that. It's it's not high end like that. It is a a, a squarish kind of digital looking watch. So. That's that's as far as the, the looks come in. As far as is it distinct enough for somebody to say, hey, that's an Apple Watch? Probably. But then again, I've, I've, I'm told, anyway, I had a, a sighted friend look. He says there's no Apple logo on it, which I'm actually happy about. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be the case. Maybe they put a big Apple logo somewhere uh, that would fe- be featured prominently. He says that there isn't. So I think unless you know specifically what an Apple Watch looks like, uh, you can 't necessarily uh, distinguish it, however, uh, you know stealing a watch I think is a little tougher to do than stealing a phone because yes. stealing a phone, someone can run and grab it out of your hands, yes, and if it catches you off off guard you're you know it 's gone. A watch on the other hand is attached to me, so it 's not as easy to come by it and, and rip somebody 's watch off, especially this kind of watch because it 's not a uh it's not a, a, a an elastic type of band that that stretches out. It, it, yes. You know, it, it, yes, it's, that's what I like about it. Yeah. So it it, it has it's like a, it's like a belt loop kind of thing. So, and it and it goes on there pretty tight. It's, and it doesn't have any part that's hanging off. Apple, you know, designs this thing in such a way that it's not like a piece
0: of the band is hanging out that somebody could grab onto. So you know well What about the situation? I remember that you said that it's protected by a passcode. And let's say that somebody did pick up your watch. They did steal it from you. Because there is a particular passcode, is another user able just to take that and pair it with his or her phone? And uh, would they not be able to do it because they don't have your passcode? Well, number one, they don't have my
1: passcode. Number two, the screen's black Number three, voiceovers on. And as we know, when voiceovers on, nothing works the way a sighted person expects it to work. So unless it's a blind person that stole it from you or somebody who knows somebody who's a blind person <laughs> that can help them with it, they're kind of stuck. They're, it's, it's kind of almost useless to them. It's actually one reason, besides the privacy aspect, one reason why I like keep, keeping my screen curtain on is that at a glance, if somebody's kind of watching me and having thoughts of that, they're gonna look at that and say, "Well, that screen doesn't work. Maybe that they might even think it's broken." <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that it's fake or something like that. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, um, I fortunately, and I'll uh, knock on wood here, that haven't had issues like that. But yeah, I mean, if if they were to steal it from me, I, I it it wouldn't be easy for them. Apple puts a lot of safeguards into into their devices nowadays, where even when you want to reset a device. And totally wipe it out or, or, you know, turn on and off to find my iPhone features and things like that. You have to actually know uh, the person's Apple ID and passcode and you have oh. to actually go in there and type that in and then say I want to turn these features off. So Apple has really uh, made some progress in this area. Oh, that's in good. In terms of that it's, it's not as attractive to steal these things because
0: it's not as easy to, to undo the protections that are in place. That's good, and I like your ideas. For those who are blind and don't use their vision on the screen, to turn on the curtain to make it as dim as possible is also great. Now, what are the other two versions? You said that there's a total of three versions. Yeah, so that's a sport. The next version up is called the Apple Watch.
1: And that one I, more or less that's that's the middle the mid range slash standard version of the apple watch that one uh the only difference between the sport and then this one and the next higher up is that the screen on on the apple watch uh mid range and then the uh the the higher one which is called the edition <laughs> uh oh. the different those two screens are made of sapphire where the first one the sport i think is just the typical uh gorilla glass uh Type of thing that you find on the on the iPhone screens, but again, feature-wise, there's no difference. So the the Apple Watch, uh, I believe, starts at about five hundred dollars, and that one comes with a nicer band uh, than than the than the than the sport rubberized kind of band. Uh, there's one that's uh, they call it the Milanese band, and it's supposed to be really fancy, nice looking. I actually tried it on, and frankly, I wasn't all that impressed with it, with the way that it felt. Or, or you know what annoying. what what does it feel like or what what is it is that a it almost feels like a woven steel kind of thing it's it's hard oh. to describe but it's i mean i think visually it's probably very nice to look at i'm sure it is mm-hmm. but um but that's about it. I I I I was hoping that maybe it was going to feel more comfortable. I was going to feel and think, oh wow, yeah, you know that. I, I feel the difference there. I think I want this one, but no, it, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel any more or less comfortable than than the sport. So, and then after that, you've got the addition, and that's when it starts <laughs> to get pricey. I don't know the starting price on those. But I've heard that they can go up as high as $17,000 <laughs> because you can get these watches with diamonds and gold and all this uh, bling on it. So, again, that's that's for a high roller or somebody who wants the world to think that they're a high roller to wear.
0: And, and f- with respect to functionality, you said with each model, there really is no difference in functionality. Absolutely no difference. The yeah. sport,
1: uh, if you've got the 38-millimeter sport that's... Uh, $350 or the $17,000 all tricked out, blinged out edition. Uh,
0: Feature-wise, they do the exact same thing. Wow, yeah. that is great. That is great. Do you happen to know when you go to the Apple store to uh, purchase the watch, do they also sell you the Bluetooths? I mean, do they have that particular one that you have in stock? So a person who buys the apple watch can get the bluetooth at the same time they may sell bluetooth earpieces but apple doesn't sell a whole lot of third-party stuff okay so
1: it's possible that they might i bought mine on amazon okay so i and that's what i recommend because the truth is apple will probably mark it up anyway okay so you're better off just going to amazon The, the deals are always better there and if you've got Amazon Prime, I mean, hey, why not? Two days later for free, you have it at your door.
0: So I know that you're really a avid uh, smartphone consumer, and you buy everything. I know that you do, Julian. Not everything, but, but I buy I, a few things. <laughs> but I want to ask you, if you had to do this all over again, would you buy the Apple Watch? Absolutely. Wow, that's, that's I like it. That's what I here.
1: And and we haven't even talked about things to come, you know, uh, uh, during Apple's WWDC announcement, uh, one of the things that they told us about was the up and coming uh, Apple Watch uh, what do they call it? Watch OS 2.0. So, that's going to come out in the fall, probably about the same time that iOS 9 comes out. And that's going to, to give the watch more powers and capabilities. One really significant thing that it's going to do is that it's going to uh, open the watch, the third-party developers, to write apps that can run directly on the watch. Right now, the only one who can put apps on that watch is Apple. And everything else, uh, you have to interact with the phone. So uh, apps like Uber, all that stuff that I mentioned, it's connecting with the Uber app that's, that you've got installed in the iPhone. And sometimes that does result in a little bit of a lag because, after all, you're using Bluetooth to connect between the two. And depending on, on your surroundings and atmospheric conditions, you know, that, that could be affected a little bit. So uh, the ability to have w- uh, apps that run natively on the watch will speed up the performance of a lot of
0: things. So I, I, I I'm looking forward to it. Wow, so when's that expected to be uh, released, these types of apps that load directly on the watch? Well,
1: I suspect that right now as we speak, developers are writing apps because one thing that happened during WWDC is Apple made beta versions of iOS 9 and watchOS 2 available to developers, so these guys, what they do is they are currently in their labs writing apps that run, and they can test it on their watch because they can run the beta versions of these operating systems. So, by the time September comes around
0: when all this stuff uh, gets released it's uh it's pretty much ready to go. Yeah. you know one more question before we close, and uh, I want to have you come back so you could tell us how you set up that i apple excuse me the apple watch but uh real quickly, can you think what are some of the top benefits of the Apple watch over some of the other watches for uh, the Android phones. Uh, yes, Android Wear. Well,
1: to date, most Android Wear watches don't have a speaker. In fact, the only watch other than the Apple Watch that I'm aware of that has a speaker is one made by Samsung. But believe it or not, that one doesn't even run on Android. That's running on their own uh, oh. uh, native uh, a proprietary OS called Tizen. Now, I'm sure it uh, interfaces nicely with their Galaxy phones and things like that. But uh, that's the only one, other than the Apple Watch, that I'm aware of, at least as of this
0: recording, that has a speaker. So, so, so basically, that that forces you to use Bluetooth on those particular uh, watches. Right. So yeah. I don't know how accessible those really are. You know yeah. how, how much is
1: it tied into Android and and TalkBack and things like that. So I I'm sure that there, there are some who who are using them. But I think thus far, at least as of this moment, I would have to say that the Apple Watch is probably the most accessible wearable on the market today.
0: Yeah, because it seems like those other watches that don't have a speaker on it, you really have to be sighted to be able to benefit from yeah, that one. Yeah, you watch. need that speaker. I should point out, because you mentioned about
1: setting up the Apple Watch, just like when you get an iPhone brand new for the first time, you can. the watch has two buttons on it, and they're both on the right side. One is kind of a round button that also kind of uh, turns. They call that the crown, so you've probably heard that a lot, they mention the crown. That's what that is. So, when you get the Apple Watch the first time, and you turn it on, I did so by pressing and holding the crown for a second, and then letting it boot up the way uh, you do with a device like that. And then uh, what I recommend doing is triple pressing the crown. So you press it three times, tap, 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 and that turns voiceover on. Now, initially, I, I have to tell you, when I first got mine and I set it up, I didn't do this because the with iOS 8.3, I think, Apple put the Apple Watch app on all the iPhones. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll just use the Apple Watch app to, to set everything because it, it seems like it'd be easier. Well, I did that, and everything worked fine until I tapped the watch, and all of a sudden the watch is talking to me in French. <laughs> so um that was kind of a weird thing and ultimately what I ended up doing is I just reset the watch. I started the process again, but this time I thought, okay, I'm going to do it the way I should have done it the first time. I'm going to triple press this crown. And when I did, voiceover comes up speaking, and on that first screen it has you select the language. So I I selected English. And once I selected English, It actually directed me, it gave me the option of did I want to finish the setup on the watch or did I want to use the Apple Watch app on my phone. So at that point I said it's easier to work with my phone, it's a bigger screen. So I went to the phone and finished setup that way and that went a lot smoother. So a a bit of advice there and a little pointer, when you're getting the Apple Watch, turn it on and turn on VoiceOver first on the watch and select your language of choice, which in my case is English. And then once you do that, finish the rest of the setup
0: on the iPhone. And Julian, when you buy the watch at the Apple Store, will they set it up for you? Or yes, uh, although to date, I don't know
1: that the watches are available in the Apple Store yet. I, I you Oh, know, they're not? I had to wait for mine, and I suspect this still may be the case. I haven't checked. Next oh. time I go to an Apple Store, I'll check and see if they got them in stock yet. But oh. I, I had to wait for mine to come in the mail, and... Uh, when it was shipped, I got an email from Apple, telling me uh, to go to the Apple. It, it was actually prompting me to set up an appointment to to, to help set it up if I wanted it. Oh, great! great. Also, uh, one of the uh, employees that I've been talking to in the Apple store, she told me, "Hey, as soon as you get the watch, uh, bring it in. You know, I'll help you set it up." But of course, I uh, I don't want to do that. I want to go through the setup process, not only because that's just how I roll, but I wanted to be able to verbalize to the audience the process of setting up the watch. And well, if I that's... let somebody do it for me, then
0: I w- I'd be basing my advice on hearsay rather than experience. That's right. That's right. And that's why your tech. Jv Tech Julian <laughs> Vargas, you know. Well, um, how can some of our listeners get in touch with you? Because I'm certain a lot of people have some other questions. And how can they contact you?
1: Absolutely. And now that I have the Apple Watch and I'm pretty well versed in it, I can do training in the Apple Watch. If you get it and you want help setting it up, I can do that for you too. So along with the other things that I can do with other training, uh, we can add the Apple Watch to my list of <laughs> available services. You're going to be booked for months. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, by phone, I can be reached at area code 818-794-9554. Or by web, I can be reached at www.techjv.com. That's www.techj, as in Julian v, as in Vargas, dot .com. And uh, you can uh, read all about what I do there and listen to other presentations and things that I've done as well. Uh, so, And, of course, uh, there's a link there to email me
0: from that page, so I can be contacted through those methods. Well, again, I want to tell all the listeners out there, I have known Julian for many years, and this man is the solution for any questions or any problems you have with any of this technology. He is always the guy to help uh, me out and he helps out our patients and uh y- you're just great so thank you for this yes, information <laughs> and i i am a believer in the apple watch so stay tuned next time when we're going to ask julian to really give us those step-by-step instructions on how to set up your apple watch so on behalf of airs la this is dr bill Takesha saying good night